You're listening to a Church Doctor production. Welcome to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report, presented by Kent Hunter. Welcome to the May-June 2019 Church Doctor Report, The X Factor, Biblical Discipleship, Life or Death for Your Church. I hope that gets your attention. Let's get going. Hello, Carol. I'm Ken Hunter, the consultant for your church. Thanks for being willing to be a part of this consultation interview process. After several general questions about Carol's membership history, I asked, Carol, in what ways are you involved in the ministry of this church? She responded, I'm a Sunday school teacher. I've taught Sunday school for the last 10 years. I started when our two children began attending Sunday school, and now my kids are in the junior youth program. Oh, that's great, I replied. Uh, Carol, can you tell me a little bit about how the Sunday school ministry works here? Uh, For example, uh, what is expected of you? What would you say is your job description? Carol hesitated. Uh, what do you mean? I teach the third grade class every Sunday. That's wonderful, I replied. What else is it that a Sunday school teacher is supposed to do at this church? Well, she said, I'm supposed to be prepared, and I always make sure that I am. Is that what you mean? Yeah, sure, I said. What else? Well, she said, I pray for the kids, and I follow up when one of the children misses two or three Sundays. Oh, that's important, I shared. And what else? Anything else? Well, she replied, they have teacher training days twice a year to review, you know, to go over the theme and the materials. Anything else? I asked. After a pause, Carol replied, No, I don't think so. Discipleship multiplication. It's the missing link. I call it the X factor because X is the symbol for multiplication, right? Remember that. For over 40 years, I've been interviewing hundreds of people in confidential interviews in churches of all kinds. And since the beginning, I have continually asked Sunday school teachers to share what they perceive is expected of them. Now, you might be wondering, what am I looking for? Well, in broad terms, I'm trying to find a discipling culture. Sadly, In North America, I have never had a Sunday school teacher give the response I believe Jesus would expect. And here's what it is. This is one of my top priorities as a Sunday school teacher. While I love teaching, I am continually praying for, looking for, until I find another person to disciple on the job 
while I teach Sunday school. My objective is to multiply myself with someone who has a spiritual gift of teaching. Now look, I don't blame these wonderful men and women who teach Sunday school. In fact, I don't blame their pastors either. Most pastors don't know how to disciple. At best, pastors think discipling is all about teaching and preaching, even though Jesus modeled discipling with his disciples for a period of three years. No, I blame the Bible colleges and seminaries that produce pastors, including the one where I was trained. Now, don't get me wrong. I had excellent education, four years of college, three years of seminary, along with one year of internship to learn from my supervising pastor, which I didn't really learn much. It's just that no one ever discipled me. Literally, no one modeled discipling so I could catch it, so I could multiply it as a pastor. So, who disciples? You know, we've got a small leak in our dishwasher in our kitchen. Now, my wife knows better than to ask me to fix it, I'm thankful to say. Let's just say plumbing is not my gift. She finally called a plumber. Jake showed up in his truck and came to the door with his toolkit. I noticed right away that he was about eh, 50 years old. I asked him, how long have you been in the plumbing business? He said, oh, about 20 years, which made me happy to show him the way to the kitchen. But the toolkit wasn't all that Jake brought. This young kid, uh, maybe 23, came through the door following Jake. <laughs> I must admit, I prematurely thought, I'm not sure I want that kid touching my dishwasher. This is John, Jake said. He's my apprentice. He's being trained, and he's been with me for a year. I watched as Jake found the leak and replaced the hose, and then it occurred to me, this guy Jake is discipling this young man to be a plumber. Of course. So who disciples? Plumbers like Jake, airplane pilots, doctors, nurses, painters, carpenters, engineers, a lot of people who made discipling famous. Jesus, who doesn't do much discipling, the followers of Jesus. Let's talk about revivals. Have you ever been exposed to a revival? It would have to be on some other continent for most of us. I'll share one example. I was asked to teach about 1,500 pastors from 12 different countries in Northeast Africa. And the destination for this conference was Nakuru, Kenya. Now, that's north of Nairobi, about three hours on a road full of potholes. The movement there has now spilled over into Ethiopia, where the Christian faith is growing like wildfire. Maybe you've heard about it. It's a large revival that has continued for several years. Now, during this conference, my interpreter for the plenary sessions was James. He was really good at translating. He could translate a millisecond after every word I spoke. I also noticed another younger man 
who was always with James. It was Peter. I learned that he was being discipled as an interpreter by James. Then I saw them meeting together after every session like they were debriefing. Well, then I noticed that Peter was always sharing with a younger guy by the name of Ezram. Ezram was being discipled to be an interpreter by James. And yet Ezram, I noticed, was discipling another younger guy who was younger than he was, maybe 12 years old. So the interpreter ministry of the pastor who hosted this conference had a farm team of interpreters four deep. Discipling was a lifestyle. What do you think? Did they disciple because a revival was occurring? Or was a revival occurring because many Christians were discipling, multiplying ministry through on-the-job, relational teaching and training, the X factor, multiplication. So what are we missing? Prior to every revival in history, there's what's called an awakening in some churches. What is an awakening? It's a wake-up call. The Holy Spirit wakes up Christians to look closer at Jesus and the Bible and rediscover discipling along with other biblical basics that somehow got lost in the church closet. What other biblical basics are discovered when it comes time for revival during an awakening? Well, one of them is the New Testament concept of the priesthood of all believers. You can discover that in 1 Peter 2.9. And you can watch Jesus, who practiced it, along with Paul and other leaders in the New Testament. It means every Christian is a minister. Every believer has a ministry. When you were baptized, you were ordained into ministry, whether you know it or not. And you should know it. Parallel to this biblical teaching is another important element from Ephesians 4, where it clearly states that the real job of church leaders, you know, like pastors, is multiplication. It says that God has given special gifts to the church, you know, the movement of Christianity. These special gifts include apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. These gifted leaders, it says in Ephesians, have a special role to equip God's people for the work of ministry. That is the role of discipling Christians. That is their priority job number one. It's not to do ministry for people, but to equip people for ministry while they do ministry. That is the X factor. That's multiplication. Those Christians follow that model to equip other new Christians. That's discipling. The other key element in revivals is spiritual gifts, described in Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12, and Ephesians 4, along with a few other verses scattered throughout the New Testament. Your spiritual gifts, given by the Holy Spirit, determine God's special role for you in the Christian movement. You don't have a job at church. We should never ask for volunteers 
an approach that uses people. God does not use people. We are ambassadors for Christ. When you know your gifts, you discover not your job. You discover your calling. I want to tell you how part-timers can change the world for Jesus Christ. When people are discipled in the ministry, according to their spiritual gifts, their role is not to keep the institution going. They are in their divine sweet spot. They experience what it means to be the body of Christ. This is multiplication of ministry. People in their spare time, you know, can do ten times more ministry than a staff of pastors can do working 60 hours a week. Revival results. Discipling by on-the-job equipping multiplies the kingdom exponentially. Today, listen to this as you hear this audio version. About 160,000 pastors or staff members of churches in North America will visit someone in the hospital. 98% of them will take no one with them to disciple. Of the 2% that are being discipled, the likelihood that they will conduct hospital ministry and in turn multiply themselves as they do that ministry by discipling another person, that percentage is 0.01%. If and or you do ministry by the book, the good book, get ready for an awakening followed by a revival. It's the best thing that could happen to your church. It's the best thing that could happen to the nation. It's the best thing that could happen to the world. And it's got to start somewhere. Why not with you? What is God saying to you? And what are you going to do about it? Now, before I leave you, I want to share with you six leadership steps. Are you ready? Step one, come follow me. Sound familiar? You could put next to that the word invite. Invite someone to come along. Step two, I do, you watch. The word next to that is teach. Yeah, Jesus did a lot of this. Step three, I do, you help. The word next to that is train, not rocket science, train people. Step number four, you do, I help. Ah, the word next to this is test. See where they are. See how they're doing. See how they're growing. Test. Step number five, you do, I watch. The word next to that is transfer. Step number six, do it again and again and again until you die. The word next to that is multiply. 
That, my friend, is the X factor. Let me give you 10 dimensions of the X factor. They're really kind of simple. You'd wonder why we don't do this. Number one, every Christian is called to multiply disciples. Number two, most churches fail to equip disciples. Number three, most pastors are not discipled by another, so they have never caught the fine art of discipling, which can't be simply taught. Number four, most pastors don't know from experience the approach to discipling to start a discipling movement in their own church. Number five, discipling is the key factor for rapid growth of the Christian movement. Number six, discipling is indeed that X factor, the multiplication factor for the growth of the church according to Jesus. Number seven, whenever there is a sustainable revival, discipling is always a key factor. Number eight, discipling is not preaching and teaching alone. Number nine, preaching and teaching, according to the scripture, are ways to grow people who are already discipled for Christian ministry. Number 10, when Christians are not equipped to disciple others, human approaches like volunteerism are substituted and churches are crippled from contributing to the growth of God's kingdom as the Lord intends. Churches experience mediocre growth of converts and eventually plateau or decline. So take it the way it is, live with it, and multiply the kingdom. It's God's plan. God bless you. Thank you for listening to the audio version of the Church Doctor Report. If you would like to receive the written version in your email, please sign up by going to www.churchdoctor.org. If you've enjoyed this teaching, please share it with others and encourage them to subscribe. Thank you, and God bless.